Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So we got another listener email. Mm-hmm. I know, no story, but she was nice enough to send us, Hello, ladies. I just wanted to let you know that I love the podcast. I just found it last week, and oh my goodness, you guys are hysterical. I love listening to episodes in between my super creepy paranormal and true crime podcast. Keep up the good work. Much love, uh, Jennifer H. Woo-hoo. Thank you Thank so you, much, Jennifer. Jennifer, that's so nice. We appreciate it so much, and I'm glad to hear we're a little palate cleanser. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so this week I have a riddle or a trick question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if those are worse or not. <laughs> okay, I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? I don't know. A barber. Uh, damn it. <laughs> okay, so uh, to begin, I have stories about, it's called These People Screwed Up. So stupid okay. stuff people have done. Again? Well, these are people that um, have realized how dumb they were, I think. And was like, this is how, look at me, I'm dumb. Okay. Okay. The overhead fan in our bedroom uses one of those compact halogen light bulbs. Six years ago, the bulb burned out and got really dim, just barely a glow. I bought a replacement bulb, but when I put that one in, uh, it was also barely lighting up. So I realized the unit was bad. The fan still worked great. It literally is the best fan I've ever had because it moves a ton of air and is super quiet. The fan had also been a gift when we moved into our house. The unit costs over $400, so I didn't really want to replace it, even though our bedroom doesn't get much natural light, so it was pretty dark. So since then, over the years, my wife and I have made... Seriously? So since then, over the years, my wife and I have had to make do with no overhead light. We open the windows during the day and at night use a combination of bedside lamps and the bathroom light. It's never really as good at lighting as an overhead light, so I keep some flashlights up there for when we are cleaning or looking for something. After six years of living in the dark, this winter, I just decided I would replace the darn thing. But before I did, I decided to try one last one last time with another bulb, because however unlikely, it's possible that both bulbs I tried were bad. This is when I came to the worst realization. I'm up there installing the new bulb, grab the remote, the fan has a remote, and as I'm turning the light on, I realize the god darn thing is dimmable. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. For six freaking years, we lived with the inconvenience of no overhead light, and the whole time, it was just because the darn thing was set to dim. (laughs) That's what I was thinking through that whole thing. I was like, it's got to be a dimmer. It's got to (laughs) be. Okay, next one. Now, that would probably be something I did. Oh, this is... I could totally see that. Oh, yeah, me too. Next one would be something I would do, which is... Horrific. 
On April 1st this year, I got a group text from my wife, Sarah's side of the family, stating there was an emergency family meeting happening that night over dinner at my mother-in-law, Barb's house. I immediately had April Fool's spidey senses starting to tingle, but we haven't all got together since Christmas, so I overlooked it and said that my wife and I were in. We were the last to arrive, and it was pretty somber when we walked in. We all sat at the table, and my wife's brother, Tim, informed the family that his wife, Ashley, had been having an affair, and they were divorcing. The affair was with a longtime close family friend, Chris, who lived a block away. Chris's wife, Jen, had caught them when she came home early one day last week and broke the news to my brother-in-law. Both families have been friends for years. Like I said, they live less than a block away from each other, and they've been married for 15 plus years, and they have four kids right around the same age. Honestly, I've always thought both of them were picture-perfect families. Heck, all four of them and their kids were at our house two weeks ago for a barbecue. Anyway, after airing a lot of dirty laundry and their plans to divorce, talking about how, could, how it could affect future family functions, and opening up to the group for any questions, there was silence. Then I screwed up so colossally, I can't believe it. I broke the silence with laughter and a slow clap. I said, this was the best April Fool's gag I've ever seen, but I wasn't falling for it. I told Ashley and, and especially Tim, they need to consider doing uh, going into theater since their performances were top notch and their tears seemed genuine. <laughs> Being the newest member of the family, my wife and I married six months ago. This was probably not the best thing to say in hindsight. I probably should ha not have said anything. Everyone in the room looked horrified. My mother-in-law, who had been crying the entire time, lost all composure. She left the room in hysterics and did not return before we left. Tim just shook his head, and his cheating wife actually let out a brief chuckle before calling me out for being an idiot for thinking this was all a ruse, then berated me for being so insensitive. The rest of the family sat in silence, shaking their head as my wife lectured me for trying to make a joke out of a serious situation. I'm still dumbfounded at my idiocy. Note to self, not a joke. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the slow clap? <laughs> <laughs> they'll be talking about that in a few years, and they'll all be laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just not right now. <laughs> A little too fresh. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, next one. My wife is working out of town for a couple of weeks. Sometime over the weekend, I noticed my son playing with a little silicone cup that looks kind of like a tulip. I asked him what he, what he did, and he proceeded to show me its versatility. Oh, he, I asked him what it did. And he proceeded to show me its versatility. Over the next few days, I hope it helped Paw Patrol save the town. It was a treasure chest holding tiny pebbles guarded by pirates and a force field protecting a spaceship. It came with us to the park, grocery shopping, and even out to dinner one night. I loved that it had its own little satchel and, it, and assumed it went with a playset. Fast forward to this morning as we were getting ready for school. Alexa reminds us that it's show and tell today at school, so my son grabs the little silicone cup and goes off to school. I pick him up after school and the teacher asks to speak with me. My son looks happy, so I figure he's not in trouble, or if he's in trouble, he did something cheeky and he's proud of it. 
When I found out what happened that day, I went bright red. Our conversation went something like this. Teacher, Ben's show and tell was interesting. Me, yeah, it's cool, right? We've been playing with that thing for days. Teacher, uh, Mr. Scott, do you know what that is? I start to panic. Oh, God, it's not a toy. Teacher, that is a, um, a menstrual cup? <laughs> I get confused. Teacher <laughs> notes my confusion. It's uh, used to collect menstrual blood. I'm still confused. Teacher, it uh, goes inside and uh, collects blood? Me, it just stays in there? She nods. Me, are you sure? I don't think it would fit uh, too uh, comfortably there. Teacher, oh, it folds in half and springs open inside. Now we're both clearly uncomfortable. Me, all right then. So where do I get a replacement? Because my wife will probably not be too pleased when she returns home and will not want to continue using this one. My wife laughed so hard when I told her. <laughs> Was that the end? Yeah. Okay. I am dying right now. I know. No, not because of that. Oh. <laughs> Why? I was reading a book this week. Yeah. And she was talking about a menstrual cup. Okay. I had no fucking clue what that was. Oh, really? I had never heard of that before in my really? life. I'm 48. I think they're fairly new. Are they? I believe so. Because I was, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about i looked it up on google i had no clue yeah they're like and then you're talking about it in this story that's weird i'm like when you started that i was like no way no way yeah i believe they're fairly new like they're coming out with new stuff now because it's 2021 so well i don't feel so bad then i'm like how the hell am I 48 years old and I've never heard of that before I believe I I I've known about it for a few years that that's it like you know it's just a few years old that I'm aware of anyway <laughs> I felt so stupid no I'm sitting there reading that book and I'm like the fuck is she talking about that's funny never heard of that before yeah there's actually quite a, and I mean you haven't done that for a while so well why, why would you that's know? true there, but, there's a few things well, out there that's I thought I didn't know it was new. I no. thought it was, I was just stupid and I no. had no idea what was going on. As far as I know, I believe it's a fairly new thing. Oh. Or at least it's coming out more. Like people, you know, are coming out with more. Anyway. <laughs> and I was thinking, how did I not see this at a store or something? Um, or anything? They don't, I don't think they sell them at stores. I think it's online. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh. I've seen the panty things. The... The uh, period panties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are a godsend. Whoever invented those, I would love to kiss them. Well, I didn't hear about them until after I yeah. my history. Yeah, I believe those are fairly but... new, too. Pretty sure. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, new stuff. Sorry if there's any males listening. But... <laughs> yeah, just skip. <laughs> just skip. Skip forward 15 seconds. <laughs> okay, next one. When I was young, my brothers and I snuck a copy of GTA San Andreas into the house. I think it's a video game. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Gran Turismo. Okay. GTA, maybe? I don't know. I think, yeah, it's okay. A, yeah, okay. Uh, we spent days holed up in our basement, taking turns playing, and down there, my parents didn't bother us too much. 
In order to get tons of money for guns, we had yet to figure out my parents' uh, dial-up password, so cheats weren't a thing for us. So we would go to the strip club and stand on the stage, absorbing the money dudes threw at the women, and just let the game sit for 10 to 20 minutes. We had to be careful, though, because sometimes the girls would do a move and bump into the main player, CJ, and the bouncers would shoot up the place. One day, while I was playing, my mom yelled down to us to get ready, saying we were going to Pizza Hut. I, in a stroke of genius, I drove to the GTA club, got on stage, and then turned the TV off, and we left. It was to be the heist of the century. My dad, however, was at church at this time, practicing for a gospel concert he was sing, singing in. He always filmed the practices so he could take notes at home upon playback, and this time was no different. While my mom and brothers and I were still at the hut, he arrived at home and plugged his camcorder into the VCR. We had just one VCR, and it was connected to the basement TV. Back at the hut, my mom gets a phone call that makes her face turn white. She puts her napkin down and slowly looks around at the table at us and says, okay, a few times into the phone in this really calculating specific way that she always did when she knew us kids were in trouble before we did. Naturally, at this point, uh, we kids knew we were in trouble. For what, though, we didn't know. After a very quiet minivan ride, we get home and Mom says, Boys, why don't we go down to the basement? Your dad wants to show you his gospel practice downstairs. It was at this point we knew why we were in trouble, so we drag our feet down the stairs. Lo and behold, Dad is sitting on the couch, TV on, a girl's bare polygonal body, polygonal body, mm. swaying stiffly back and forth on the screen to end Vogue's My Lovin', with CJ standing mere inches away collecting money. My dad starts in, boys, I don't even know where to begin. This PlayStation was a blessing to you for Christmas, and this is how you repay us by breaking our trust? He's holding the controller up now, gesturing with it. Here I am practicing to be glory to God, and but he was cut off as he invertedly squeezed the controller, causing CJ to punch the girl. <laughs> My entire family stands in silence, watching together as the bouncers in the club shoot the place up for what seems like an eternity. After the shooting stops and CJ appears in front of the hospital, I look back to see my mom silently weeping into her hand. I look at my dad as a single tear rolls down his cheek and he prays under his breath. After another eternity of silence, without a word, my dad bends down, disconnects the PlayStation, walks back to the family computer, disconnects it, goes to his car and drives away. For the next four months, he kept PS2 and PC locked in his office at work. It's one of my favorite memories growing up. I miss my brothers. <laughs> couldn't imagine being like said the mother was crying yeah i can't i know i just like, i can't i would probably be trying not to laugh yeah oh well yeah but obviously i'm very these, angry these people are like church people yeah and they don't yeah i didn't let peyton play that game for a long time mm. i don't even know what it is it's uh it sounds like Grand, no, it's Grand Theft Auto. That's, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, okay. I know and they is. kill people. Yeah, and they rob people. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not. Not for kids? No, not at all. <laughs> 
Okay, next one, minor background. I'm pretty affectionate and at times effeminate, dude. I'm 6'2 and have a pretty tough guy background in that I was in special forces a while ago and my roommates all served as well. But I also have thin wrists and sit on my friends' laps and blow kisses to them and stuff. I'm not gay for what it's worth, I'm just me. So while I was in a shop with a few room with a roommate a few weeks ago, he saw those really cool shawls that we both couldn't get out of our hands. So he returned it last weekend to buy them. Oh, so he returned last weekend to buy them. And now we have these shawls. Mine makes me look like a Star Wars character and his looks like the outlaw of Josie Wales. These are seriously awesome shawls. The first night we wore them, everyone at the dive bar we went to, um, mostly dudes, thought we were awesome as well. Then this girl and her friend arrived on an invite from Shawlbro, and it goes all wrong. They are seriously turned off by our sweet shawls, like acting pretty weird about them and making comments. Whatever. Around this time, I get a call from my girlfriend. She's tired and wants to hang out at my place, so I bid the mean girls and Shawlbro a dude and head home. I'm still wearing the shawl when my girlfriend arrives. Well, she's also really taken aback. She won't even kiss me until I take it off. Do uh, Oh, after we do the deed and go to sleep, the next morning she starts asking me if I'm gay. And she's really serious and aggressive about it. I tell her I'm not and, if that, and that if I was, I'd definitely know it by now. She counters with her major evidence of the fact that I own a shawl. Anyway, she gets weird and leaves and then sends me a text later about how she's sorry and that she needs to think about what, what kind of man she wants and then doesn't contact me for days. So yesterday I invite her out and it all comes crashing down. She's stumbling over her words and talking about how she likes tough guys and how she grew up in the South and needs to get used to the big city, but that she doesn't know this or that. And eventually I just tell her very politely, to get screwed because I'm pretty insulted by this point. On the way back, now that I'm directly in front of her, I get this long apologetic text from her, from her, but the bulk of it is that, yeah, she's just not that into me anymore because I wore a shawl. Later on, I tell shawl bro about this, and apparently he also had a blowout with his girl he was seeing over his shawl that very same night we went out. We are both going to keep wearing the shawls, though. They are warm. (laughs) (laughs) What's the big deal? I'm not sure. I don't. I just, I don't care. Like, I don't want to sound rude, but I don't give a shit enough about people to care if they're wearing a shawl or not. Yeah. Like, I I don't care. You, as long as you don't involve me in your life, we're good. (laughs) You stay away. (laughs) <laughs> I'll think you're weird and go about my life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if your boyfriend, I guess, started wearing... But if he's acted like that, like, obviously, he didn't change. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You know, unless they were, like, just started dating or something. Maybe. I, I guess I could see it. But yeah. if it was someone that you'd been with for a while, you know, you should know yeah. how they are. Yeah. That is weird, though. And if they were that way and they didn't want you to know, then they wouldn't do it in front of you. This guy sounds hysterical. I think he she, does. Sound I think hysterical. she messed up. Yeah, I, I, think I think he so. deserves better. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. This happened over a little year. Uh, this happened a little over a year ago. 
So I work for the TSA and have for a few years now. It's a good job overall. I'm underpaid, but the benefits are nice, and I get overtime when I want it. A little, a little over a year ago, during the week leading up to Christmas, we had really bad weather that delayed all the flights. I volunteered to stay late so that my coworkers could go home to their families. Most of the work was done anyway, so it was mostly just standing around waiting for the odd latecomer. I was working with three passengers when three passengers came up together, a middle-aged man, a middle-aged woman, and a teenage boy. I figure it's a family traveling together for the holidays and go about my work. Mom goes through, all is fine. Dad goes through, all is fine. Kid comes up, and I get a good look at him. Hoodie, sweatpants, shortish hair, smooth face. I figure he's about 13, maybe 14. I hit the button, direct him to wait with me for a moment, and then gesture to the screen, which lit up his chest area. I tell him that I have to pat that area down. He's a little nervous, but I figure that's because he's so young. This is probably his first time getting a pat down, but he says okay, and I start the pat down. I do the left side of his chest and feel some moob, which catches me off guard because he didn't look chubby at all. Oh, a moob. Man boob. <laughs> I was like, what's a moob? I had no idea. <laughs> I was just going with it. Okay. <laughs> I move to the right side of his chest, read what's on the hoodie, and it all clicks at once. The hoodie has the name of the local college on it. This is an adult, not a child. He's not wearing sweatpants. She is wearing oh. yoga pants. She doesn't even know the couple that had just came through. I look at her face, which is bright red, my hand still on her boob, and pull it back like I just got bit by a snake. <laughs> I immediately call for my supervisor who comes over and asks what's wrong and I explain the situation to her. My supervisor covers her mouth and at first I thought she was absolutely mortified, but then I realized she's trying not to laugh. She takes a minute to pull herself together, tells me to go take a break and finishes screening the passenger herself. Once that was done, I apologize to the passenger. She tells me it's fine and that it wasn't the first time she's been mistaken for a boy and probably should have said something before I started touching her. <laughs> but it but I wasn't out of the woods yet. I leave her alone and go talk to my supervisor to figure out exactly how fired I am. She tells me to calm down, that it's just an honest mistake, and that she has my back if the passenger files an official complaint. But that probably won't happen, and I shouldn't be worried. That reassured me a little, but I still groped a woman and ruined Christmas, so I feel like an absolute monster. I swallow my shame... And finish my shift. Then I go to the airport proper to find some food because I just finished a 12-hour shift and there's no way I have energy to cook dinner. There I see my hapless victim sitting at her gate waiting for her flight. I went up to her to apologize again and saw the flight had been delayed until morning. It was about 11 o'clock at night now. I apologize again. She says it's fine and I ask her if she's planning to stay the whole night. She says she has to since the hotels in the area are booked up. I tell her that I'm getting some dinner and offer to get her some food as well. After all, I already got to second base. <laughs> I think it's only fair that I buy her dinner. She agrees, and we go to one of the restaurants that is open late, get some food, and start eating. She said she gets mistaken for a boy a lot, but it's not a big deal. I told her about how I had long hair and no beard in college, and at the gym, people would frequently walk frequently walk into the men's restroom, see me, and do a double take to make sure they didn't walk into the ladies' room. 
She laughed and we ended up talking for a few hours before I finally told her that I had to get home and apologized again. Then came the true twist. She said that all is forgiven if I promise to take her on a real date when she gets back. I agreed. She gave me her phone number and I went home and I immediately started texting her. We kept talking until her flight finally left. And when she got back, I picked her up at the airport. A few days later, she took, I took her on that date that she promised. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary, <laughs> and she has long hair now. <laughs> that's, that's so cute. That is cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's hilarious. <laughs> Imagine to having to tell your kids how you Oh, been. my gosh. Well, your dad decided to grope me in public once because <laughs> he thought I was a man. <laughs> It's so funny. He was like, oh, this kid has boobs. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, next one. I got out of a bad relationship a few months ago and only recently felt good enough to get out of the house again. This was my first ever boyfriend, and he turned out to be a piece of trash, so I was obviously a bit hesitant. But some old friends from high school were visiting my town and I and asked if I wanted to go on a bar crawl with them. And I figured, screw it. It's not like anything will happen. So why not? At the first bar, we run into a group of guys from my university. I had seen some of them around, but never spoke to them before. One of my friends decides she's going to force me to get out of my shell and drags our group over to talk to them. I'm extremely quiet, like weirdly quiet to most people. So I end up sitting in the corner of our booth and not saying anything, just drinking and feeling awkward. Story of my life. Mm -hmm, me too. Well, one of the guys in our other group, let's call him Adam, is also being weirdly quiet. So my friends and his friends, who are already tipsy, decide to make things as awkward as possible by making us play truth or dare. Except we have to drink when we don't want to answer something. There is a lot of personal questions neither of us want to answer, so we end up drinking quite a bit. By the time we're done... Uh, in the first bar, Adam and I are on a whole different plane of existence from everyone else. It actually turned out that we had a lot in common. Andy was pretty cute, and we're goofing around and laughing the whole time. I started to get butterflies in my stomach, and not just from the drinks. Adam has the, my, exact my exact sense of humor and is really sweet and kind. We wander off and start having deep conversations about feeling left out of things and how annoying it is when people say stuff like, can they speak? I can tell him, or I tell him I'm walking home and he offers to walk with me. I know where this is going, but I don't feel super nervous. Plus, I feel like I have a genuine connection with this guy. Our friends are wolf whistling as we leave. And instead of being embarrassed, I feel weirdly proud. So we get to my place, talk for a bit and do the deed. I wake up earlier than him and decide I'm going to make a nice breakfast. I want to impress him and show him I like him, and every, everyone likes a good breakfast when they have a hangover, right? So I sneak out of bed, make scrambled eggs, French toast, and sausage. I prefer almond, mil almond milk, so I use that for the eggs and French toast. He wakes up and tells me that I look just as cute sober. At this point, I'm convinced he's the love of my life. He sees the breakfast and gets excited, and I'm like, yes, my plan worked. I'm going to get his, to his heart through his stomach. We eat, and everything's going great for the first few bites. That, oh, no. I know where this is going. I didn't read these, by the way. <laughs> uh, then he makes a weird face and clears his throat. His eyes start to widen, and he asks me if there were nuts in the bread oh, or something. No. 
I say no, but I used almond milk. He jumps out of his chair and says, call an ambulance right now. I'm freaking the heck out. He's wheezing and stuff looks ap- and wheezing and stuff and looks absolutely panicked. I ask him if he has an EpiPen. He shakes his head no. So I call an ambulance and tell them he's having an allergic reaction and paramedics come and haul him off. This happened last weekend. I've not heard back from him since. I find his buddy and confirmed he's okay. I guess accidentally triggering a severe allergic reaction does not lead to romance. Oh, unless you say something, nobody's going to know. I know. That sucks. I know. Okay, next. (laughs) My son was not doing his homework, so I confiscated his Game Boy Advance. I told him he would get it back next week. Well, he's a pretty clever dude and knew all my hiding spaces, so I put it someplace he would never look. There's one little problem. I suffered a traumatic brain injury a few years earlier and often forget stuff. So he did his homework and asked for it back after a week. I could not find it. I look everywhere. Uh, Obviously not everywhere. Then we move houses. And I still didn't find it. Uh, SpongeBob, 18 years later. You know how they do. (laughs) Uh, I was donating a a few coats I had not worn in a few time. And in the pocket of... A trench coat from the 1930s, I found his Game Boy Advance. I turned it on and it worked. Pokemon appeared. I put fresh batteries into it and handed it to my 28-year-old son. (laughs) Who proceeded to laugh for a good five minutes, then played it for a few hours. Then proceeded to tell his wife and other adult children how silly I was. (laughs) I think you've been punished for long enough. Here you go. Okay, this is my last. No, it's not. I messed up by jumping into a lake in my bra and panties to save a man who turned out to be an elite military scuba diver in training. (laughs) So I'm couch surfing with my sister and her boyfriend. I work for him at a lakeside bar trying to pay for college. While I'm not thrilled, I need both the job and my sofa accommodations to make it work. To give them their space, I take a run by the lake in the mornings this lake is incredibly is incredible and draws scuba divers to the flooded town at the bottom. Today, I, ha- I was in my own head running when a dark mass floated to the surface 40 feet away. I was on the craggy side of the lake and this dude looked dead. Facing away from me, his head was tipped back, eyes closed, bobbing like a fishing lure. No one else around. I thought he was... Uh, crazy out here scuba diving alone at the crack of dawn giving himself the bends or some nonsense like an idiot i didn't yell at him to check in instead i towed off my shoes stripped to my skivvies to save the imbecile the movie trailer in my head had me thinking three glorious steps and launching into deep blue water black window widow style instead my tender feet hitched the sharp rocks and i contorted under the pain like a slinky a slinky, slinky, as I uncoordinatedly pitched myself into the water doing a side flop. <laughs> I was also wearing my contacts, so I, so I swam hard in this direction with my eyes closed. <laughs> when I opened them, I saw a terrifying sight. He was just staring at me like I'd lost my ever-loving mind, so I blurted, are you okay? <laughs> He removed the regulator and 
incredulously said yes. <laughs> My brain blue screened while I treaded water. The lake felt infinitely deep. Before I could terrify myself by hearing the Jaws theme song, I turned to nope the heck out of there, yelling over my shoulder, I thought you needed saving! <laughs> to explain my idiocy, as I pivoted, another dude cleared his throat from 30 feet away on the other side. I never heard the, a sound from him, so I freaked out, flailing and belting an ear-wounding scream at him. Both of them laughed as a few more heads surfaced around us. <laughs> As I was surrounded by divers, all wildly entertained by my ridiculous high-octane mess-up. After pointing me to the beach, the merman who were my original the merman who was my original target cautiously swam toward me after I nodded and escorted me to the shore. The beach was much farther than I anticipated, so I was trying to low-key breathe, hiding my neck to suck all of the O2 from the air. Also, the, com the comedy of the situation consumed me, and I started to giggle. Finally, I joked, Dude, you are lucky you weren't actually dying, because it would have taken anything, everything I have to drag your sorry butt this far. He chuckled before offering me a tow. Heck no, I'm not, uh, not going to happen. Even if I do a dog paddle, I wouldn't openly accept the defeat. He quietly mocked me for the rest of the way to the shore. Uh, I'm a secret sap for it. There are cadets or recent graduates from the military college here for the summer. They've been training in pools and we're doing open water exercises. They have been out there at least part of the night. I'm sure I blew up whatever drill they were running. He's training for pre-dive school. And since I'm an expert Googler, I'm guessing that means combat diving. At the shore, I did my best to throw my shoulders back and march out of the water in my sports bra and undies in front of what I can only imagine are some pretty tough men. I did invite him and his crew for an absurdly overpriced drink at a bar before shame jogging back into the woods for my clothes. At this point, I'm, I'll admit that there's a part of me that is attracted to his mysterious appearance from the shadow realm, and I'm definitely imagining he's constructed from some kind of aluminum steel alloy, but he's also funny and kind. I'm vibing his uh, proclivity for wit witty and sarcastic comments and have a million questions I want to ask him. So the night comes, I went full cute in a sundress and Jesus sandals. My sister's boyfriend blabbed the whole the whole time and all of the stuff. Um, my sister's boyfriend blabbed the whole thing and all of the staff uh, was in full on ribbing mode. Kind of great, actually. It took forever, but he finally showed. Yes, I was as dorky as you could imagine. He's handsome and funny and smells great. Yes, I hugged him. I'm Southern, it's what we do, not the smelling, the hugging. He's nice and starts and smart and keeps defending me from my jerk friends at the bar who almost call him a merman to his face. I think he low-key likes that everyone knew who he was. I've learned a lot about him, but I wouldn't be fair to share without his permission. His whole crew did not come, only one and his buddy immediately started flirting with my coworker. That's a good sign, I think. He also shares some of his of the stuff he's been taking today from his friends for being saved. He has the same self-deprecating, oh, self-deprecating sense of humor as me. I think we are vibing. Now, though, it feels different to talk to him now that we've spent some time together. I like him. There's chemistry and similar interest. The merman, the frog prince, dashing man from the depths, the king's shadow realm is still very much in my life. He's better than I can describe in my mortal words. 
I hope something amazing and magical happens to each of you. And if it happens to be shamefully funny, I hope you will share because we all need many laughs as we get older. That's great. I love that these turn into romance yeah. stories. It's cute. Okay, this one's my last one. I'm 30, a 32-year-old woman who can never go back to my new dentist after two visits because I'm an idiot. My dentist is a very nice and professional man. Our first appointment was going pretty smoothly until he made some remark about us being strangers. My immediate reply was, oh, you're not a stranger. You've been inside my mouth for 20 minutes. <laughs> I did not intend to make that kind of joke. His face turned red and he was clearly embarrassed, but he continued to work like a true professional and were probably both relieved when the appointment was over. I had my second dentist appointment today. I actually mentally prepared myself to be a model patient who didn't say anything weird. Thank you very much. He had been working in my mouth for about five minutes when he started to seem really uncomfortable or something. His face was red and he was breathing a little heavier. I was a bit concerned and also confused. Like, how could I have embarrassed him this time? I had hardly spoken. So he keeps working and then I realize what the heck is happening. My dentist was wearing grape-flavored gloves, and I had been absentmindedly licking his fingers the whole time. I'm never going back. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, if you don't want anyone to lick him, then don't wear grape-flavored gloves. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, those are mine. For the okay. beginning of 40 fucking minutes in, Jesus. <laughs> All right. I did facts about gargoyles. Oh my gosh. I literally read these probably. Did you? I was gonna do them. Were you? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I know, right? So these are 21 crazy facts about hideous stone monsters perched on old buildings. Mm -hmm. Although gargoyles have recently become popular and friendly cartoon heroes, it wasn't always this way. For thousands of years, they've been used as decorative water spouts on buildings. At some point in the Middle Ages, they were adopted by the Catholic Church as snarling stone figures designed to terrify non-believers and ward off evil. And then there's the facts. Throughout history, gargoyles were primarily used as water spouts. Although the gnarled demon dog looking monstrosities that bedeck cathedrals throughout Europe serve a striking visual purpose. The reason they jut out from buildings with their mouths open is that they are nothing more than decorative water spouts. Gargoyles were designed to protect buildings from water erosion. They are basically rain gutters with ugly faces. <laughs> the word gargoyle is based on a French word meaning throat. The modern English word gargoyle is derived from the French word gargoule, which means throat or gullet. It also shares the same root with the word gargle, and a gargoyle's job was basically to gargle water and spit it down at the commoners. Oh my gosh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> There's a Christian legend about gargoyles involving a saint who slays a demon. As the story goes, the French king Clotaire II who ruled in the 600s, captured a monstrous bat-like creature with the help of a crucifix, then returned him to the town center. 
After attempting to burn the monster, they realized its head and neck would not burn. So they placed it on the side of the local church to ward off evil. Gnarled (laughs) demonic-looking statues that don't serve as water spouts are known as grotesques. There are plenty of warped and scary-looking statues throughout history that aren't attached to the side of buildings in order to run off water. These sculptures are known simply as grotesques rather than gargoyles. Sculpted creatures that are a hybrid of two or more animals are known as chimeras. If you have a dog's body with a human face on it and a dragon's tail, what you've got there is called a chimera. It can serve as a gargoyle if it can also serve as a drain gutter. During the Middle Ages, some gargoyles had human faces and were modeled after real people. Although they were predominantly fashioned as scary creatures, many gargoyles were commissioned to represent living beings. Sometimes local benefactors, sometimes local parish priests. The world's oldest gargoyle is located in Turkey. In a 13,000-year-old stone crocodile found in what is now Turkey is considered to be the oldest gargoyle in existence. Holy shit. 13,000 years old. crazy. In ancient Egypt, gargoyles typically looked or took the form of lions. Gargoyles served as drain spouts in ancient Egypt, most embodied in the shape of water-spewing lions. The Temple of Zeus in Greece originally had 102 gargoyles. As in Egypt, ancient Greek gargoyles typically were of lion's heads. Of 102 lion-like gargoyles, gargoyles originally at the Temple of Zeus, most were so heavy that they eventually eroded and snapped off the building. Today, 39 of the original gargoyles remain. Gargoyles became a fixture fixture of European Gothic architecture architecture around the year 1200. The golden age of gargoyles came during the European Middle Ages and flourished alongside Gothic architecture from around the years 1200 to 1500. St. Bernard went on record decrying gargoyles as hideous, The monk known as St. Bernard of Clairvaux was none too thrilled with the gargoyles carved on his monastery. What are these fantastic monsters doing in the cloisters before the eyes of the brothers as they read? What is the meaning of these unclean monkeys, these strange savage lions and monsters? To what purpose are here placed these creatures, half beast, half man, or these spotted tigers? I see several bodies with one head and several heads with one body. Here is a quadruped with a serpent's head. There's a fish with a quadruped's head. Then again, an animal, half horse, half goat. Surely, if we do not blush from these absurdities, we should at least regret what we have spent on them. That's what he said, apparently. (laughs) Gargoyles were said to represent dangers from which the church would protect the faithful. In the Middle Ages, most of the public was still illiterate and thus could not read the Bible or understand most church teachings. Seeing hideous winged beasts scowling outside a church's doors served as a threat to all the dangers that the church existed to protect Christians from. I did the same thing. Gargoyles were also thought to ward off evil. In this sense, they served as Almost an evil eye, they were evil-looking creatures that were designed to keep evil at bay. 
Some gargoyles were fashioned like pages. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's alright. I did the same thing. Some gorg <laughs> <laughs> Some gargoyles were fashioned like pagan de- deities in order to lure pagans toward Christianity. According to legend, some gargoyles were intentionally sculpted to look like pagan gods as a way to attract non-believers into the church. Gargoyles were typically carved on the ground and only put into place as the building was being finished. They were way too intricately intricately carved to have someone get a nosebleed or, God forbid, fall to his death during the carving. Although the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris was built during the Middle Ages, its famous gargoyles weren't added until the 1800s. The screeching winged gargoyles of Notre, at Notre Dame were perhaps the world's most famous, but although the cathedral began construction in the year 1153, the gar- gargoyles weren't added until the 1800s, although the, sculpture, the sculptor purposely designed them so they'd look like they came from the Middle Ages. If you'd like to see a lot of gargoyles in the USA, head to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh was caught up in the Gothic architecture revival of the late 1800s and as a result has countless gargoyles and grotesques dotting its downtown landscape. I'm saying gargoyles too much. (laughs) The concept of gargoyles as monsters who come to life is a fairly recent one. For most of antiquity until, oh, a hundred years ago, stone gargoyles remained just that, inanimate objects. But more recently, they become sort of like the golem of legend, stone creatures that would spring to life and exact vengeance when necessary. There have been several movies featuring gargoyles as main characters. In 1932's Maker of Gargoyles, a stonemason builds two gargoyles who ransack a town and later murder their maker. In 1972's Gargoyles, they are depicted as a race of demons created by Satan to torture mankind. And then, of course, there's the famous Disney cartoon show of the 1990s in which gargoyles are happy and well-adjusted superheroes. (laughs) (laughs) A French chapel replaced its gargoyles with gremlins. While France's Chapel of Bethlehem was being refurbished in the 1990s, a sculptor decided to replace the building's decaying gargoyles with creatures based on the movies Gremlins, Alien, and UFO Robot Grendizer. And last one, there's a Darth Vader gargoyle in Washington, D.C. Oh, my gosh. Washington's (laughs) National Cathedral, as the result of a kid's design contest from the 1980s, now boasts its own Darth Vader gargoyle, who not only breathes heavily, he spits (laughs) rainwater with the best of them. Oh, my gosh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry. I don't know what my problem was. That's why we have editing. I, I did the same thing. Okay, I have Glitch in the Matrix stories. Ooh, well, I like those. First one, when my paternal grandmother passed away, my parents flew out to California to be with her in her last moments. They were with her and my aunt when she passed on, and a few minutes after she had gone, the phone rang. This was pre-cell phones. My aunt answered it, but nobody was on the other end. She thought it was odd since the weather was fine and telephone glitches aren't really a problem in that area. Later on that night, she recalled what she and my grandmother always used to say to each other whenever one of them was traveling somewhere. I'll call you when I get there. 
Ooh. That gave me chills. I know, she made it. <laughs> Next one, I'm pretty sure me and my twin sister have an extreme connection. She got pregnant at 17 and delivered at 18. I remember the day she'd gone into labor. I woke up around 3 a.m. with minor stomach cramps. As hours passed, the pain got worse. Then she called me and said it was time to push. After about 30 minutes had passed, all the severe pain that had doubled me over in tears instantly disappeared. I sat upright and told my family the baby had been delivered. Everyone told me it would take longer than that, but right then my sister's boyfriend came bursting into the waiting room saying he'd arrived. We all froze, staring at each other in, so in shock. The same thing happened when she gave birth to my niece, and she said she had the same experience when I had my son. Ooh, creepy. That's always, twins are I know, weird. crazy. Uh, about seven years ago, when I was 13, my mom and I went for a drive to see my grandmother's grave. I didn't really know much about my great-grandmother because she had died when I was two, but I did know that she was a tailor, and she taught my grandma how to take in clothing. She loved tailoring so much, she was buried with a pair of silver flat-edged tailor shears with a flower engraved on the handle. We went to her grave and chatted with her for a couple of minutes, said goodbye, and got back in the car. As I, as I was getting in the car, I noticed something kind of shiny in my mom's door pocket and pointed at it. My mom grabbed it, and I kid you not, like a scene from a movie, it was a pair of silver flat-edged tailor shears with a flower on the handle. You have no idea where it came from. It was slightly rusty at the tip, but perfectly shiny around the engraving. My mom still has them hanging on a wall in her kitchen. Ooh. Creepy. That is creepy. I once dreamt of a house, and it was super vivid. Fast forward maybe two years later, I, I meet a guy and went to his house for the first time. It was the same house. I knew where everything was, even what was in each cupboard. I knew the entire layout of the house, even though I had never been in it before. It was the strangest feeling ever. That is weird. Once long, a long time ago, me and my friend were riding the bus. She looked down at her pen and realized the cap was gone. At that exact moment, the cap fell from the ceiling of the bus and landed in her lap. Oh my gosh. Where is it coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Next one, whenever I watch TV or movies and see an actor I know but can't remember where from, I'll open my IMDB app and search for the movie I'm watching or the actor's name. There have been way too many instances where I'll open up to the actor or the movie's IMDB page only to see a still picture of the exact moment in the movie or TV show that I happen to be currently watching. It makes me feel like my phone is listening to the movie and knows exactly what picture to show me when I start researching the actor. You never know. You never freaking know. Next one. I had a dream that my co-worker's daughter had passed away, and it was so vivid I woke up sobbing to the point that I wanted to call my co-worker to check in, but I didn't, realizing it would be silly and selfish to wake her up and freak her out. I went into work the next morning and noticed my co-worker wasn't there. I asked why she hadn't come in yet and was told her daughter had tried to commit suicide the previous night. I couldn't help but break down. Everyone thought it was just because I felt so terrible because of what had happened, which I had, but in a way I was also crying in relief that she was okay. Hmm. Next one, I started having a panic attack at my desk out of nowhere, so I texted my mom 
who was home with my toddler and dog since daycare was canceled that day. I got a text back saying everything was fine. My husband called me on his lunch break and I told him that I had a weird feeling that something awful was going to happen. He told me everything was fine and to take deep breaths, it'll pass. 20 minutes later, I get a call from my mom asking if our smoke alarm was particularly sensitive. I say, no, why? It had gone off and she called 911. Sure enough, a small fire had started in my basement from a faulty extension cord. If daycare hadn't been canceled and my mom hadn't been there, my house and my dog would likely have not survived the quick spreading blaze. Hmm. Next one, I seem to have an unexplainable connection to my youngest sister. One time she was driving into town to bring, me, bring something to me and I suddenly felt very anxious. I heard a siren and it's like this part of me suddenly knew she had been in a bad car wreck. Two minutes later, I got a call from a man who had watched her spin through the median in a four lane highway flip into the ditch and roll to land top down. She was in a tiny bubble of space in the driver's seat. The trunk was in the back seat and the engine was sitting in the front passenger seat. Holy crazy. Once I had half a pizza perfectly cut in half go missing. (laughs) Me and my brother were in the front room and my mom and stepdad along with the dog were upstairs. No one came down, and neither me nor my brother left the room. There was nothing around for it to be cut perfectly in half, and we never found the other half. It still baffles me to this day. So weird. What the fuck? Where'd it go? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. When I was around three years old, my family decided they wanted to go on a walk around the neighborhood with the dog. I didn't throw many tantrums as a kid, but for whatever reason... Three-year-old me started sobbing and screaming and would not take part in this walk. My mom finally bit the bullet and stayed at home with me while my dad's sisters and dog went on the walk. They ended up being hit by a car and hospitalized with minor surgery. The dog was fine, too. Because I was so small, had I gone on the walk, I likely would have died on impact. Mm, Crazy. And my last one, in April 2011, my roommate ended up passing away due to a horrible car accident Easter weekend. The day before her services, I told my mom, I wonder if she was able to say goodbye to her parents. Then that night, I had a dream that I was screaming to random people saying, she died in the sky, she died in the sky, and none of the people would listen to me. The next day we were at her services and the pastor stated at, that my roommate ended up passing away in the helicopter on her way to the hospital. Mm. I broke down in tears and looked at my mom and said, my dream, she didn't get to say goodbye. Aww. That was it. That was it. We need a wedding wrap-up. Yes, we do. Time for a wedding wrap-up. Yay, wedding wrap-up! <laughs> what the vet says, give your cat this pill three times a day. What I hear... Enjoy your bloodbath. <laughs> That's so true. Yes. <laughs> I got um, all the animals' new flea collars. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here staring at this one thinking, how in the hell am I going <laughs> to yeah. get this on her? I have a feeling I'm not. I think you got to wait till she's asleep and like, those things are hard to get on, though. I know. It's not like I yeah. can just snap it on real oh quick. Oh, my gosh. It, I, just, I just think I'm going to have to save it for next year. Because <laughs> it's... Lost cause. <laughs> yeah. I might try, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
Excuse me while I overthink this and get back to you. (laughs) I would pay to watch footage of someone doing their own research on vaccines. Share your screen because I am absolutely dying to know what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Trying to take off sweaty a sweaty sports brawl is the escape room of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> my high school drama teacher would give us assignments, then perform them himself to show us what a hundred percent would be. Oh my gosh. I like being stupid because it means I'm always impressed by movie plot twists. (laughs) It's the best. (laughs) You should be able to filter out the one star Yelp reviews that are like, my server refused to accommodate my 13 person party at 8 p.m. Despite the fact that I called ahead and told them I was a nightmare. People are asses. They are. Lots of them. Got told I look like a model last night, and I was like, sir, I'm 5'2". Surely you could find a more accurate way to flirt with me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's bullshit. (laughs) If I don't tell my cat he is handsome every time I see him, then he might forget. (laughs) We can't let him forget. No. He's so handsome. Google search, does my cat know what kisses are? (laughs) (laughs) Parents be like, I don't have a favorite child. Then use one of your siblings' birth dates as a password. (laughs) Wait, when they bury someone with implants, is there a point in the decomposition process where there's just a skeleton with huge boobs? (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. That is a great question. It is. There a great has question. to be. It, yeah, there has Just got to be. Nicely sitting on top of the skeleton. <laughs> Thin layer of crispy Ew. skin. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just not something we think about. No. On one hand, I want to live in the middle of nowhere, but on the other hand, I need to buy a $7 ice smoke. Iced oak. <laughs> a seven dollar iced oat milk latte every morning. Where are you gonna get that in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> You'd have to make it yourself then. Oh no. Yeah. I'll just drive. The dumbest thing I've ever said. One time Greg and I were watching The Simpsons and I sincerely asked if Homer has lost weight. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Before I had kids, I never thought I'd say the words, we don't collect dead skunks to make rugs with out loud, yet here we are. Oh my gosh, we've, you know how many crazy shit we've said that because of our kids? (laughs) And my last one, my kid clipped his toenails. He walked away to throw out the clippings and said with his back to me, these should complete my collection nicely. Oh. And I burst into laughter, but he didn't. And he kept walking. So now I sleep with a butcher knife under my pillow. <laughs> oh and my that's God. all I got. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, send in your email or yeah, send in your emails, stories. We need them. Goldsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Um, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. You can look us up on Facebook and ask to join the group. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.